How you doing? Danger Hour's back. Some would say I'm better than ever. I wouldn't say that, James. Yeah, yeah, I figured you'd say that. Hey, uh, <clears throat> it's almost Christmas time. You know what that means. More people are offended by another classic Christmas song, James? Oh, you heard about that, did you? Jesus Christ. I really can't stay. Baby, it's cold outside. I want to get raped. Maybe it's cold outside. Don't pull down my hands and touch my butt. I'll slip it in your backside. I really can't. All right, I'm sorry. Took it a little too far as per usual. Oh, God, dude. Everyone's bitching about. Oh, that song is so rapey. All right, it's a little rapey, but it's harmless. No, it's not rapey. It's a playful Playful banter between a couple. You know, the woman is, uh, you know, it was a different time. She's concerned with what people will think. She wants to stay. If you pay attention to the song, oh, she wants it. And she wants it bad. But she's got to be like, oh, I, I can't stay. Oh, come on, baby, just stay. But I, but I can't. Oh, maybe just a half a drink more. Come on. A half a drink more. And then, what's in this drink? It's not rapey! God damn it! She's playing it up, man. Oh, what's in this drink? Uh, it's, it's a little strong. I guess I might have to stay a little longer. <laughs> it's harmless, innocent, sexy times. Right? Fucking cunts out there. Ah, Jesus. Uh, okay, should we just move on past that? That makes me very depressed. Why does everyone got to shit on everything? Is there nothing sacred? How does that song existing out in the world hurt anybody? Does it? Does it hurt anyone? I don't think so. That's a nice little melody. It's good, uh, what do you call that? What do you call it where two singers play off each other? Harmonies? <laughs> Record time, everybody. I really established how much of a fucking retard I am pretty early off in the show. Look at that. Three minutes in. Three minutes in. All right. Speaking of songs, people are bitching about if this song, Baby It's Cold Outside, is banned because of its content, what about all the rap music? What about all the bad things they say about women in the rap songs? They talk about women being whores. And tricks and hoes. <laughs> Skanks. Should I go on? Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Speaking of the raps musics, the other day I heard uh, Warren G's Regulate, which is a good song. Takes me back to my younger years. Oh yeah, James? When you're rolling down two and three in your low rider, shooting dice and picking up hoes? Uh, well, okay. It just reminds me of when I was young. <laughs> playing basketball and baseball at the park. Uh, anyway, 
<laughs> in the safe park when I was in no danger. And uh, only there were only a handful of unsavory characters, but uh, even they weren't very dangerous. Okay, I had a good childhood. That's not why I bring it up. I was listening to that song and I was just thinking, you know what? This song really does not do Warren G any justice. He sounds like a giant bitch, if you ask me. Nate Dogg is the real hero in this saga. Let me pull up the lyrics real quick. Okay, so uh, let's see. It was a clear black night, clear white moon. Warren G's in the streets trying to. Okay, so Warren G, uh, he's looking for some skirts so he can have some funk, just rolling in my ride, chilling all alone. All right, the Nate Dog jumps in. Just hit the east side of the LBC on a mission trying to find Mr. Warren G. So he's looking for this dude. All right, Nate Dog's really, really looking for Warren G. He must be very concerned about his well-being. But hold on. He, uh, he sees a car full of skirts. So <laughs> Warren G's got to wait. <laughs> uh, okay, now we go back to Warren G. And uh, let's see what he's up to now. Uh, let's see. I hooks a left on 2-1 and Lewis. Some brothers shooting dice. So I said, let's do this. So, okay. He sees some other fellas playing a friendly game of dice, and he's like, hey, I want to join, fellas. He jumps out his right and says, what's up? Some brothers pulled some gats, so I said, I'm stuck. Mm, it turns out he rolled up on the wrong fellas in the wrong game. He thought he was going to have a friendly game of dice. But instead, these guys pulled out their weapons on him. That's not cool, if you ask me. <sighs> Don't you hate when that happens? When you pull over with <laughs> to a group of strangers playing dice, and you're like, hey, I'm going to play, and they pull out weapons on you. I hate it when that happens. Uh, okay, so next thing you know, they got guns in my head. I think I'm going down. I can't believe this is happening in my own town. Then he gets all, uh, you know, just like Jim Carrey did on Dumb and Dumber when he's in the bathroom, find a happy place. He starts finding his happy place. If I had wings, I'd fly. Let me contemplate. He's thinking about, oh, man, I wish I could get out of here. This isn't cool. And then he sees his homie, Nate. Uh-oh. Once again, Nate Dog, the protagonist. 16 in the clip and one in the hole. Nate Dog is about to make some bodies turn cold. This guy's talking about murdering people. Right? <laughs> now they dropping and yelling. It's a tad bit late. Nate Dog and Warren G had to regulate. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you bringing Warren G into this? You're, you're handling all this on your own, buddy. You know, then you got to be a team. You just saved this guy's ass. I laid all them busters down. I let my gat explode. Now I'm going to switch my mind back into freak mode. After he murdered all these people, now he's, now he's horny again. He's like, oh, yeah. I forgot I had those skirts over there. I was trying to have sex with them. <laughs> now that I've quenched my bloodthirst, I can go back into uh, sexy time mode. Basically, my whole point is Warren G has done jack shit in this whole song. His, this is his, this is uh, Warren G's contribution. I'm driving by myself. All of a sudden, I see some guys playing a game, and I thought, hey, I want to play with those guys. And then, oh, no, they don't want to play with me. That sucks. Now they're taking my things. Oh, here comes my friend to save me. That's the whole song. <laughs> and he's talking like he's all hard, you know? And uh, at the end, they say some uh, other nonsense. It's nothing to do with the story. Chords, strings, and Brent Melody. He's talking about writing a song now. Uh, the whole thing is confusing to me. 
Oh, God. Anyway, I just thought I would shit on that song for you. Uh, my whole point was to uh, super dick this song for you. Super dicking is uh, when you take something that you really like and kind of ruin it. So now listen to that song and listen to how Nate Dogg is the badass and Warren G is a fucking douche. All right? Just let that sink in. <laughs> I'm sorry, Warren G. Please do not come after me for my comments. There's no need to regulate on me. Wait a second. Uh, since I'm in the 626 and you're in the 213, am I like, out of your jurisdiction? <laughs> Can you not regulate on people out of your zip code? All right, I'm okay then. Um, I meant everything I said and I don't take it back. Okay, speaking of black people, let's uh, talk about... The latest scandal. Wait a minute. I don't think it was a black person. I Am I being overtly racist? Uh, hold on. Let me look something up real quick. I will be back in two shakes of a weenie. All right. I'm back. Yeah. It turns out that, uh, well, paint me red. Uh, I was wrong. This is not a black person. There's a story in the news about a Southwest Airlines uh, woman flying with Southwest Airlines. And she was, oh, she was offended because someone made fun of her daughter's name. They took the ticket and they took a photo of it and posted it on social media. The little girl's name is Absidy. The way you spell it, A-B-C-D-E. <laughs> I'm sure you can all understand why I thought it was a black woman. Now, that's not racist, okay? They, they have their kids name funny things and they spell them weird, okay? And I'm looking at you, Ladasha. That's right. L-A-Dash, the letter A, Ladasha. It's a real thing. Look it up. They've got a history. That's just the way it goes. So uh, if you establish yourself in such a regard, you cannot be offended if people uh, <laughs> make mistakes about things of that nature in the, in the future. You know what? Uh, I thought that was going to be a funny story, but it just makes me look like a fucking asshole. James, you can just delete that off your podcast. Uh, there's no going back. This is the danger hour. You must live and die. By the sword. All right, uh, let's move right along. <laughs> Speaking of music, last night, my wife and I, we went to a concert. And I didn't realize until we got there that I should not be going to concerts. <laughs> I felt too old, out of place, and my wife also felt the same way. So look, uh, I'm 35. My wife is the same age. I really haven't had any interest in going to concerts at all the last few years. I just don't give a fuck anymore. But the reason that uh, I decided to go to this one is because it was for Nine Inch Nails at the Palladium. Oh boy! I thought six months ago when the tickets went on sale. Because I've seen Nine Inch Nails a number of times. I love that band. And they put on a hell of a live show. If you've never been... Uh, I advise, if you're not an old cranky bastard, I advise that you go check it out. It's pretty fucking cool. Uh, anyway, so I've seen them in uh, a number of times in arenas, and now that they're playing in a, a smaller venue, I was like, oh, wow, that, that'd be pretty cool. So I decided to jump on that. That was six months ago. Like I said, I got the tickets, and uh, here we go. It, <laughs> it snuck up on us. Totally forgot about it, and it's like, oh, shit, there's a concert coming up this month. Now... This uh, time of year is really hectic for me at work, so I've been working a whole lot of hours, just been pretty angry, annoyed, and uh, so when it finally came time to go, I just was, you know, I'm tired. I don't feel like going and standing around at a show. I even asked the wife the night before, 
I was like, uh, hey, do you even want to go? Not really. I just, I have no interest. I was like, yeah, me neither. Should I get a refund? Yeah, if you can. So I actually went on there to see if I can get a refund for the tickets, but it was too late. I was like, oh, I guess we're going. <laughs> anyway, so I decided to try to make the most of it. The plan was to leave early and try to avoid as much traffic as possible. Because if you are familiar with the L.A. area, you know, oh, you know, there's traffic going in every direction, every day, all day. doesn't matter where you're going. So the plan was, all right, let's leave early, not even worry about it. So getting there is the first part. The second part is trying to find a good place to park. And also, if you're familiar with the city of L.A., which is annoying, there the parking is a bitch. You got to try to find some kind of a lot for the cheapest price. Depending on how far away the lot is, you're going to pay less and less as far as you go to walk. But I didn't mind walking because the plan was after we park, go hit up a little restaurant, maybe hit up a bar, then go to the show. Just, you know, take our time, really enjoy ourselves. And it wound up working out in that capacity. We get there in a fairly good amount of time. Find a lot. Could have been easier, but we got something. Walked around, found a little restaurant. It was pretty fucking good. Mediterranean food. Uh, you know, took a little walk. I told her, hey, you want to go to this bar? And it was a nice little hole-in-the-wall bar. And she goes, um, I'm scared. I'm like, why? Because it's different. Well, yeah, we don't come over here, so everything's going to be different. Let's just get a drink in the venue. Let's just go in there and, and, and hang out in there. I was like, all right. So uh, instead of going to the, the bar with all the weirdos and characters, we decided to go to the venue. So we go in there. I go up to order us a little round of drinks. Big fucking mistake. I'm not sure if you guys are aware of this, but uh, the prices are very expensive in venues. Who knew? Jesus Christ. I got a Pabst and a shot combo, right? And I got her her uh, Cape Cod. Forty fucking dollars. And, you know, of course, I have, I don't go up there, how much are your drinks? How much is this? How much is that? I just order. And then I get stuck with the fucking shocking bill afterwards. But anyhow, I tell the wife, oh, my God, that's a lot. I'm like, well, yeah, that's why I wanted to go to the hole in the wall. It's one of those I told you so moments. But, uh, you know, that's neither here nor there. So we're hanging out and having our beverages, looking around. And I decided, yeah, I don't want to be in here. <laughs> And I tell her, I was like, you know what? I I'm not feeling this. She goes, yeah, me neither. It's, uh, I'm already anxious thinking about being around like a bunch of people. I was like, yeah, I know what you mean. Plus, we're looking around and there's all these like trendy LA looking people with their outfits on. And uh, yeah, I just was like, yeah, I don't want to be here. And then the, the, the act that's on, it's like the opening act. Uh, they just, they weren't, they didn't sound too good to me. The sound didn't sound good to me. Too much fucking bass, right? And here I am sounding like an old fuck. Ah, it's too much bass in that sound. Why do they got a good engineer over there? Adjusting the levels accordingly. And so, uh, you know, on top of all of this shit, if I haven't made myself sound like an old fuck already, I have, a, I have tinnitus, which is a forever ringing in your ear. All day, every day, forever, never going to be corrected. Oh, you know what? You know what the perfect sound is? You ever uh, watch a movie and it's like a war movie and a bomb goes off and then all you hear is that high pitch what the person must hear, like that ringing, and you hear nothing else? That's, uh, that's what it sounds like all the time. But anyway, 
Uh, so what helps me is like a white noise or like a low. And if, every time I hear some kind of a low noise, it uh, doesn't make me thinking about how high this fucking excruciating sound is all the time. Um, but the problem is if I hear loud sounds, it really fucks me. If I hear high pitch noises, it's like it's it's like it's painful to me. It's like ah. Um, so I have to wear earplugs now if I ever go to a show, which makes me feel like an even older fuck. Bye, James. It sounds like you had such a great time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so those are the bad things. All right. So we're hanging out. Anyway, the second band, the, the main opener comes out. And then about halfway through their set, I tell my wife, I'm like, you know, cause we're hanging out by the back of the, the, uh, the wall. And. I realized I don't like standing there because I don't want to be around people. I wanted my space, and so did she. So we're standing in the back, but you don't really get a good view. And uh, the back is a natural walkway for everybody. And they ever, the people are just walking right in front of you, left and right, back and forth, all the fucking time. And I, I was really hating it. And I told my wife, I'm like, you know what? I am not feeling this shit. It's going to be like this the whole night. Um, I was like, you know what? Uh, I changed my mind. Since I'm here... Why am I why am I being a cranky asshole? Why not take advantage of this whole situation? Why don't we go up to the front as close as we can get? Fuck it. You know, we're here. We came to see Nine Inch Nails at a small venue. Let's take advantage. I don't want to be out there. Uh, the thought of anyone being even touching my arm grosses me out. I don't want to. And I'm like, oh, God. Just standing there kind of defeated, getting more uh, depressed. And then I was like, you know what? I'm telling myself, fuck this. I'm I'm going. I'm seizing the day. And I tell her, you know what? I think I want to go up there. Well, just go up there then. I go, yeah, but uh, will you feel like I abandoned you? No, I don't mind. I just, I don't want to be around people. So if you really want to go up there, go ahead. It's fine with me. I was like, hmm. All right, I'm going. And I go and I uh, I get a another drink. I get a double of Jameson. This is my second double of Jameson, by the way. And... My, my plan is to just sip on it the rest of the show and really enjoy myself. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I go get another drink. I start snaking my way through all these people because at this point, the, the opening act is wounding down their set. And so Nine Inch Nails is going to come out next. So more and more people are crowding in. And I'm slithering away like a little snake, going through all like, you know, as much as people as I can get through. And I'm following the trail. And I'm just going all, I'm going closer and closer. I'm like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. And I'm probably like maybe 30 feet from the front of the stage, which is a lot closer than I was starting out. And I just stop because the trail ends and this is a, no more openings. And I can see the person next to me eyeballing me like, you fuck, right? Because I took like this open spot that was there. And I was pretending like I was looking for somebody just trying to play it off. I kept like getting my tippy toes, <laughs> looking to the left, like, oh man, where's this person I'm looking for? And, uh, you know, after like a few minutes of that, they kind of stopped looking at me and I just stopped doing that whole charade. And I'm like, all right, I'm here. And uh, <laughs> kind of feel like an asshole because I abandoned my wife. But uh, at the same time, I was like, this is, this is a pretty good spot to be in for the show. Fuck it. So I'm really going to try to enjoy it now. So the band comes out. And now everybody is excited. They start to play, and everyone starts to slowly move up closer and closer. And I'm doing the same thing, just going with the flow. And uh, they're sounding fucking great. I'm really close. I'm like, all right, this is great. What was I bitching about a little while ago? It's fantastic. 
And uh, like maybe the second song, I look to my left and I, because I see some commotion. And there's a big, tall guy who's, who's drunk, you can tell, and he's really feeling the music. And he starts to like bump back and forth into people. And I'm like, uh-oh, I know, I know what's happening here. Because I've been to a number of shows. I used to go to like, I even went to a handful of punk shows with some friends. It wasn't really my thing, but I just went with them to hang out. And it was cool, but I never wanted to be in the mosh pit. I thought it was fucking dumb, and I was never interested. And on top of that, some of my buddies that would actually go in there and fucking jump around and all that, they would get kicked or punched in the face. I'm like, I'm not, I have no interest in that. And so I see this dickhead start bumping into people like, I'm like, oh, fuck. And I'm right in the prime mosh pit area. So I think it's just a matter of time before. I'm going to be involved. And meanwhile, I'm thinking, I just want a, a gentlemanly evening here with my beverage enjoying the show. I want no part in this. And I'm thinking, well, you're fucking here, dickhead. <laughs> you got right in the middle of it. I'm like, well, maybe it'll stay over there in that area and it won't come towards me. But as this guy's hitting people, the area starts getting bigger and bigger because people are backing away like, I don't want to get fucking hit. And then uh, I notice to my right, this big bulldozer type dude starts moshing a little bit in that area. And now I got two pockets of moshing people on each side of me. But I got a cushion of like three or four people on each side of me buffering me from the little moshing pits. And I'm like, oh, shit. Hopefully uh, it just stays like that and I could enjoy myself. And I'm sipping on my Jameson still. And I'm, pretty, I'm like, you know, still got a good amount left. Because I'm babysitting it, just trying to make it last the whole show, enjoying myself. And next thing you know, it escalates. And more and more people are getting into it. The shoving goes back and forth. It's mostly just like shoves here and there. No one threw any punches, which was fucking cool. No one was getting uh, super violent. It was just getting real shovey. And so I'm like, all right, I can deal with this. And <laughs> and the more songs we get into it, and like the one wants to play the heavier shit, people start getting excited. We start getting from behind, just pushed closer because people are trying to get closer to the stage. So I, I don't even fucking care because I'm just getting closer and closer to the stage to see, uh, you know, fucking Trent Reznor close up and personal. So I went from 30 feet from him to about 10 feet from him because everyone just keeps pushing and pushing. And there's this girl in front of me. Uh, who was like at, in the beginning? She was getting pissed off because this drunk asshole came on the like, to the side of me, and he's trying to shove his way in. And she's like, "Excuse me, will you respect our space? Because we're respecting yours. Please stop doing that. Don't be doing this and that. That's my brother. Leave him alone." And after a while, dude, she just got fucking fed up, and then she wound up leaving because she, she was so annoyed. And that just got me closer. So man, everybody was just shoving, shoving from behind. So I'm getting closer and closer. And uh, I feel bad for the people in front of me because I'm just like getting... I fucking me too'd everybody in front of me. My dick touched so many asses, men, women. I was pressed up against so many people. <laughs> I felt people pressed up against me. Uh, uh, it It is pretty goddamn gross because then you start getting really sweaty. Uh, you start feeling these sweaty bodies. All the air you're breathing is all hot air. Everyone's breath. And... Uh, you know, there's there's like no oxygen. <laughs> it's all sweaty and gross, but it's fucking amazing. The energy is so fucking cool. 
Yeah, that's my. I'm 35 years old. That's my first mosh pit. You believe that? I know a lot of you guys are rolling your eyes. Like, really? I never had any interest in it. It just seemed fucking gross and uh, and annoying. And the only reason I got into this is because I kind of was forced my way into it. I was forced. I didn't force my way into it. So uh, I was uh, a victim of circumstance. But uh, I actually really enjoyed myself. I just let myself get carried away with the uh, experience and said, fuck it. I'm all in. Let's do it. And, uh, you know, I jumped around. I didn't push nobody. The only thing I did was kind of resist. But, uh, yeah, I'm not into pushing no one. But I did feel bad because the guy in front of me, he was this big, solid fucking guy. You know what? The good thing is I always had big people in front of me as like a cushion or a barrier. Um, There was never any like small little frail people. But uh, in the beginning, there was this big, big guy. And I was getting fucking laid into him so hard. I had my arms up as a buffer, right, to keep myself up. And at one point, they shoved so hard trying to get to the front of the stage that I'm just putting so much pressure on the guy's back. And you can tell he's like, Ugh! and then I go, hey, man, I'm sorry. And he looks at me. I said, sorry, but I was like laughing. Hey, I'm sorry, man. And then he goes, he looks, he turns around. He goes, hey, brother, we're all in this together. <laughs> it was pretty funny. And then at one point or at many points, I'm just getting shoved onto other people. And this chick was in front of me. And she had on one of those, um, those like puffy jackets. And I was getting shoved into her. And I'm like, hey, this isn't so bad. Because she was so fluffy and she was kind of heavy. So uh, so I had like a lot of padding to <laughs> to lean into. And uh, the chick behind me, she was like a fat chick too. So I was like, every way I was getting pushed, I had like fluffy pillows. <laughs> it felt like I was like in, in push, getting pushed into marshmallows. It was really nice. It was lovely. And then this like little bony white guy comes on the side of me trying to really shove his way to get in front of me. And I'm thinking like, eh, fuck you, buddy. So I wind up putting my elbow behind, like to my side. And then with my other hand, because he started like really trying to shove his way in. I, uh, on my other hand, I was reinforcing my fist and really jabbing. I wasn't jabbing. I was like just, you know, uh, like let's just say it was Braveheart and the fucking heavy cavalry, cavalry was coming charging in. I just had the spear locked down. And he was just shoving his ribs into my elbow. And finally, he, he backed off. I'm like, ha, I win this round. So uh, yeah, overall, it was pretty fucking cool. And I was wearing, because it was cold that night. And so I had on a uh, a hoodie shirt. You know, like uh, I used to, I would go hiking in it. So it's made out of like a polyester, like a fabric uh, moisture wicking material. I had that on and a t-shirt on over over that. And I was fucking, it felt like someone dumped a bucket of water over me by the time the show was over. I was fucking drenched in sweat. But uh, there was this one black dude, a security guard. He was right in the front, you know, how they hang out in the front. I'm not kidding you. This, I was so close to the stage. He was like three feet from me. And <clears throat> he kept uh, opening water bottles and spraying the crowd. At first, because I told you I'm a fucking, I got my uh, cherry popped. At first, I thought he was trying to like calm the crowd down. I'm like, is he really spraying people with water? And then I realized, oh, he's trying to cool everyone down because we're all overheating like fucking savages. Then I put my hat backwards so that every time I saw him coming by again, I would just be like, oh, yes, sweet relief. And I would just wait to feel his cool load sprayed on my face. Oh, my God, James. Tell me more. Yeah, you heard it. Oh, it would feel so lovely just getting those loads spraying all over my face. I know how you feel now. What are, what are you implying, James? Nothing. 
yeah, so, uh, <laughs> and then after a while, I, I felt someone, I felt like someone was taking my hat off my head. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I turn around and I get an ass right in my head. There was this dude crowd surfing, never saw it coming. And then spat right in my fucking head. I got nailed. So, uh, there's a price to pay. <laughs> so yeah, overall, I had a fucking blast. And now I finally get it. I finally get the appeal of why people want to go in mosh pits. I understand now. <laughs> After I was forced into it. Oh my God, James. Are you saying that you should keep an open mind and not pass judgment on people when you see them doing something you think is stupid? Until you experience it yourself, then you can have a whole new perspective and then judge it accordingly? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, I'll go with that. <laughs> I thought it was dumb for a long time, and then I experienced it, and I was like, hey, this isn't so bad, and I get it. So, yeah, I guess uh, in this particular example, you're right. You're right. Thank you, James. Hopefully this whole experience will really help you put some perspective in your life and help you grow as an individual. And also, all right, all right. Stop with the condescending horse shit. I gave it to you, now let's move on. I will conclude this story with uh, what happened at the end of the show. The lights come on, show's over. I look to my left, and there's a guy looking at me, and he pulls out his wallet, starts flipping through a bunch of bills, and I'm like, what the hell is he doing? He pulls out a 20, and he hands it to me. <laughs> and I look to my right, like, am I supposed to pass this to someone? Like, what's, what's going on here? And then uh, he's just looking at me, and I go, what's the story with this? And he goes, they only played four out of five songs, man. And I go, uh, what's that mean? They only played four out of five songs. And I try to like hand him the money back, and he just like kind of pushes my hand away, <laughs> and he walks away. <laughs> and I'm just like, what the hell was that all about? So the only thing I could, I could conclude, based on the information that I was given, is that he made a bet with someone that they were going to play five songs, and apparently they only played four songs, and he thought I was the guy he bet. And so uh, he, he handed me the winnings. <laughs> I thought two things at that moment. Number one, is this guy so out of it that he doesn't recognize that uh, I'm not the person he bet? And on top of it, I was acting like I had no idea what he was talking about. And number two, what if he would have won the bet? Would he <laughs> come after me for 20? And what would have happened? I would have said, what are you talking about? Would he have gotten uh, physical with me? I don't know. But uh, if he would have... I had a whole two hours of experience by uh, fending people off, so I think I would have held my own pretty well. <laughs> yeah, so I met up with my wife, and we were taken off, and she's like, oh, my God, you're soaked. That's so gross. And I'm like, yeah. I go, Jesus Christ, that was crazy. Yeah, I saw the whole thing. I saw what you guys were doing up there. She's like, ugh, I couldn't imagine being up there. That's so disgusting. And I was like, yeah, you would have hated it. You would have hated it. So we leave, and I am, like I said, dude, I'm drenched. It's like someone poured a fucking bucket of water on top of me. And uh, I see this black dude down the street, and he's, like, selling shirts. He's like, all right, man, concert shirts, $5, $5 concert shirts. And uh, they look pretty cool. And I'm like, hey, uh, you got uh, this size, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I got one right here, brother. It's like, uh, sold. And uh, take the fucking new shirt. And she's like, good, you're going to put that on, take that take that wet shit off you're not getting in my car like that <laughs> so i was uh those are the terms if i was to be granted access to my wife's vehicle but uh took off my fucking soaked shirts put on my brand new nine inch nail shirt <clears throat> and we rode off into the moonlight everybody it was a pretty fucking great experience i'm uh, i'm actually very happy that we went 
Who would have thought that alcohol and getting involved in a mosh pit would actually uh, make for a fun experience? <laughs> and who would have thought Nine Inch Nails fans would be so rowdy? <laughs> you know, I actually thought about taking my kids to that show. And I, I was like, yeah, well, at least my daughter, she's been really bugging me to go to a concert. She really wants to go to a concert. She's 11 years old. And I was like, I, I, I would not be opposed to taking her. I go, but it just seems like it's not the proper environment. And then we get to the show and some dude had his two little kids, a little boy and a little girl, probably like five, six years old. And they both had on like punk gear, like the kid had on a denim, uh, a denim vest with all kinds of band patches all over it. They looked cute as hell. And they had those, uh, those Bose um, noise canceling headphones or whatever they are. And they were, they were getting into it. It was actually pretty fucking cute. <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess we could have brought the kids. I just, I don't know, a Nine Inch Nails concert? It just doesn't seem like a kid environment. But uh, anyway, so I actually had my eye on going to Queen. And uh, the tickets went on sale. And I actually picked them up. So I'm going to be taking the family to see Queen, even after I thought my concert days were over <laughs> after this show. <laughs> but uh, here we go again. Yeah, they're, they're like really into Queen now after we saw that Bohemian Rhapsody movie. Dude, I'm so in love with that song, Don't Stop Me Now. They played it at the end of the movie, and I, you know what? I don't know what the fuck happened. I don't recall ever hearing that song. It's like they never play it in the radio. And when it was on, on the, in the theater at the end of the movie, they, has like, they played like a music video of that song. And I was like, oh my God, this is like the greatest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I think I've literally listened to it every day since. It's such a good fucking song. It gets me all pumped up. And my boy, he loves it. They both love it. They both sing it all the time. The other day he goes, Hey, Daddy, during my baseball game, I was in the outfield and I was singing Don't Stop Me Now. And my teammate was looking at me funny. <laughs> so uh, they're really digging Queen, which is pretty cool. So um, we got to check that show out. Uh, so yeah, I guess uh, my concert days are not behind me. Look at me. All right, moving right along. Speaking of kids, it was my son's birthday recently. He's now he's nine years old. I've got a nine and 11-year-old. Nine, 11. Uh-oh. Jesus Christ, I feel old as hell. Anyway, uh, so I was trying to think of what to do for him for his birthday, and we wound up taking him to medieval times. That was my very first time going to medieval times. After all my years of living in Southern California and all those times driving by it on Beach Boulevard going towards Knott's Berry Farm, every time I passed Medieval Times, I always saw the, the pictures on the outside of the building, the castle building of the knights on the horses, and I'd always say, man, I don't want to go there someday. My parents never took me, of course. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I never, I mean, it's expensive, so I can't blame them too much, but it was, you know, it was his birthday. It was a Friday, uh, which so I don't think it's as expensive as a Saturday, is it? I don't remember. But I got a, I looked up. This is fucking, this is a little life hack. I'm sure you all know about this in this modern day age of technology. If you click on like promo codes or discounts or whatever, if you type that in, you can sometimes find deals. But I pretty much got all the tickets for, for half off or some crazy cool deal. I'm like, oh my God. And it worked. And so uh, I got everything half off and I jumped on it. And so we went. And yeah, first time we get, I was hoping to get the Black Knight because, you know, I'm dark and mysterious. 
but we were a, we were uh, assigned the Green Knight. We all walk in there and we're there pretty early. <clears throat> we're gonna grab a drink and hang out, and take a look around. They've got a bunch of shit you can look at. They've got the horses you can go look at, a pretty cool falcon, all this other stuff you can see. When we're walking through the lobby and this dude, this like a uh, knight looking guy with a giant beard, he's got the whole get up on. He goes, hello, my lord. He goes, every day we give away a knighthood and your boy has been the chosen one. Is he interested? And I go, yes, he is. And today actually happens to be his birthday. Happy birthday, my lord. And uh, he goes, just go right over there and sign up and they'll call your name and you'll be the first one to be knighted tonight. And we, I'm like, all right, thank you. I walk towards the woman and my, my son goes, Daddy, what is it? I don't want to do it. I go, yes, you do. You're going to be a knight. And uh, he was all apprehensive about it, but he signed them up. And then they go, you know, hear ye, hear ye. We will now begin the knighting ceremony. Will I please have Jacob? And then he goes up there like, fuck. <laughs> and now uh, I guess they, they, uh, they flipped the script. Now it's a queen Instead of a king, so now, you know, because of all the women's rights horse shit, <laughs> now the story involves a queen. So she goes up there, as queen of da-da-da-da, I will now knight thee, Sir Jacob. And she puts the blade on his shoulders and the whole deal and gives him a fucking, puts the cape on him. It was pretty cool. And they took a photo and they give him a, a, a free fucking, um, like a fold-up thing with the whole, oh, he is Sir Jacob, knight of the realm. It's pretty sick. We go, we fucking uh, have a couple drinks, my wife and I. We go sit down. We, You know what? The food is pretty fucking good. I was surprised. The show is actually pretty fun. Uh, we had the Green Knight, who's the only black guy. So I'm like, you know what? Right now, I'm, I'm calling it. He's going to win. And <laughs> Natalie goes, why do you say that? I'm like, go look it around. He's the only black dude. He's got to win. And what do you know? The Green Knight takes the whole thing. It's pretty fucking cool. So... I mean, it was just badass how the whole thing worked out on his birthday. He got chose, chosen to be knighted. Our knight won the whole fucking competition. Uh, it was pretty sick. So he really enjoyed himself. The whole family did. As we're walking out, there's a whole giant bus that brought a whole bunch of people all together. And it says something like, uh, or some, my, my wife sees someone uh, with a shirt from Kauai saying a football team or something. And then she goes, are you from Kauai? And the guy was this big old Hawaiian dude. And he's like, yeah, that's right. And uh, she's like, oh, my God. Like, we love Kauai. And this now he's like, oh, yeah. And then uh, she's like, yeah, we've been there a couple times. He's like, where are you from? And, you know, well, we're from here. And then I go, hey, man. So next time I go there, since you're a, you're a, a native, what, what would you recommend to go get, uh, you know, great drinks? And he goes, my house. And I started laughing. He's like, no, brother, I'm telling you. He goes, you come to my house. He was like, he goes, we'll give you fresh seafood. He's like, the best drinks you've had, and we'll hang out, and you have a great time. He's like, I guarantee you, the food's going to be amazing. And I was like, are you serious? He's like, he's like, uh, pull out your phone. Take my number down. This fucking guy gave me his home phone number and an invite next time we're in Kauai to stop by his house, look him up, fucking fresh seafood, homemade amazing drinks, and, uh, and a great time at his place. I was like, oh, my God. Just for this reason, I told my wife, we have to go back to that island just to take this guy up on this offer. That'd be fucking cool, right? To hang out with natives and uh, we're already welcomed into their tribe. <laughs> so uh, that's, my, that's my, new, my next mission. It's not at the top of my list, but it's, uh, it's on the list. I got to go back and look this guy up. I can't, I can't pass this opportunity up. 
Shit, my like will change his number to some horse shit, huh? Uh, so that week with uh, my son, I took him. It was a father and son day. We went to breakfast, and then afterwards, I took him bowling. And it was a weekday, so uh, it was a really great deal on bowling, like unlimited bowling. We played probably twelve fucking games, and <laughs> afterwards, I don't know if this is embarrassing or if it's something I should be proud of, but I'm probably gonna go with embarrassing. I fucking sprained my fingers from bowling. <laughs> I have injuries from bowling. My my middle and my ring finger on my right hand have not been the same ever since. It's been over a month. I still have pain. It was hard for me to uh, to grasp anything with those two fingers to put any pressure. They're a lot better now, but I, I still have fucking pain from bowling. Who gets hurt from bowling? Nobody. <laughs> God damn. Uh, you know what? And then on top of that, I had a neck injury. I don't even know what happened. I think I just slept wrong. Who gets hurt sleeping? Old people do. My fucking neck was stiff. I'm not joking. I'm not exaggerating. For two months, my neck was hurting. Like it wouldn't go away. I finally feel like I'm back to normal. And then recently, a week ago, for no goddamn reason, my knee started hurting really bad. I can't take this shit, dude. What is up? You know, they try to warn you when you're younger, the old people. Oh, yeah, just wait till, wait till you hit your 30s and 40s. You won't be able to do that. You know, you can't do that no more. Or that'll hurt you. This will be sore. It's like, yeah. Not when I'm in my 30s and 40s. Yeah, that's how you are, but not me. <laughs> Fuck, man. The concert's too loud. My knees hurt. My neck was stiff. I got sprained fingers from falling. Ugh. Oh, Christ. And, this, and I'm 35. It's going to get worse from here? I can't even imagine it. Oh, shit. Uh, I'm just going to get put down. Put me out of my fucking misery. <laughs> Speaking of father and son, I took, my, uh, I took my dad to his first college game. Get this. I should be saying fuck you to my dad for years ago. Uh, I bought tickets because he's always wanted to go to USC game. So I bought tickets for USC versus, uh, who the hell was it? Was it, I think it might have been UCLA. It was a big fucking game. So kind of like the day of, you know, oh, I can't make it. I have to work. They're making me go in. I'm like, well, get out of it. Oh, I can't do it. And I go, man, you've been talking about you wanted to go to a game forever. I spent some money on these tickets. I go, so really? Yeah, I'm sorry. So he blew me off. <laughs> this was years ago. So I, t I wanted to take in my buddy. We had a, we had a blast, but uh, that's not the point. The point is, I fucking threw down for my old man, and he, he let me down. But he would always mention it once in a while, like, oh, man, I really wish I wouldn't have missed that game. But so, so redemption was always on the horizon at some point. And one day, one day, uh-oh, <clears throat> one day, I saw a child playing with a ruby the size of a tangerine. The bandit had been throwing them away. So why steal them? Because he thought it was good sport because some men aren't looking for anything logical like money. They can't be bought 
bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. Some men just want to watch the world burn. So one day, my dad mentions, Ah, I want to see a Notre Dame game. <clears throat> Let me uh, pause right there by saying, yes, he loves watching Notre Dame also. Notre Dame and USC. <laughs> And so he actually told me a long time ago, "Hey, would you want to go to a, would you want to go to watch a Notre Dame game in Indiana?" I was like, "Yes, I would. That seems like it'd be fun." He's like, "Yeah, we should do that someday." That's my dad. It's all about we should do that someday. Someday we should do that. And so <laughs> after that, I can, you know, a week after that or whatever, I was like, "Hmm." I woke up on a Saturday morning and I was in bed, grabbed my phone, and it just popped in my head. I was like, "Huh, I wonder when Notre Dame would ever play USC. And I looked it up and it fucking happened to be that day at five o'clock. And I go, no shit. It's like nine o'clock at the time. And uh, there's tickets available still. And I call up my dad. I was like, hey, what are you doing today? You have any plans? Uh, As a matter of fact, I do. I'm planning on watching Notre Dame versus USA on TV. And I go, how'd you like to see it in person? What? In person? Yeah. What if I I took you? Would you want to go? Oh, yeah, I would. He goes, but I hurt my leg. I'm like, uh, well, can you walk at least a mile? Ah, oh, shit. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. For, if I go, if I have to go watch the game, I will. And so I'm like, all right, I'll get tickets. You just head over here at, uh, at whatever time. All right. And so I bought the tickets. He comes over. We take off. Uh, my mom bought a parking pass, but it's like a mile and a half from the stadium. And so... He's all sketching it like, oh, I got the walk. I go, don't worry. I got a trick up my sleeve. And we get to the parking lot. I pull out a flask of uh, Jameson Irish whiskey. I'm like, here you go. You're taking a shot of this. Oh, I don't want all that. I'm like, you're taking a shot. And he, t- he takes one. Ah, that's nasty. And I take a few swigs. He's like, ah, so what? We, we better get going. I'm like, hold on. I got my ride pulling up. What? <laughs> I was like, you're not walking today, old man. And here comes a lift, right? They pick us up. They drive us a mile and a half to the stadium right in the entrance. We get out, but we're still at the gate, and the the fucking stadium is a ways if you got a hurt leg and you're an old man, right? And I was like, well, this is all we got to do is walk from here down to there. And he's like, all right. And then what do I see? One of these motherfuckers that has a bike with the seat in the back. And he goes, he's like the friendly, uh, what's it called? I'm your friendly Honda guy. What's it called? Friendly neighborhood Honda dealer? Those guys. He goes, hey, you guys need a ride? I'm like, how much? He goes, well, it's whatever you want to donate. I was like, really? You don't have a set price? Whatever you want to donate, sir. I was like, count us in. I go, come on, you ain't walking today, old man. And he goes, all right. So we we start uh, getting ridden to the front of the stadium by this dude. And he plays uh, like this pretty cool music. It's... um. It was kind of romantic, to be honest with you. Uh, what was it? Uh, some old black chick. Uh, Ella James or something. It was a pretty cool song. So uh, there you go, man. I get this motherfucker, my dad, a uh, lift to the front of the stadium and then a bike ride to the very entrance. And uh, it was pretty cool the way everything worked out. And so we get in there. He wanted to get in there early. They, they don't sell fucking alcohol at the stadium. I was going to get him and I a beer, hang out. But it's a college game, so it's a dry stadium. It's like, God damn it. So uh, we had to watch the game sober. <laughs> but we had uh, we had whatever seats. They were kind of up there. But uh, 
we were almost in the front row of the top, the top of the stadium. And we, there was one row in front of us and there was this stupid shitty fucking kid sitting there with his parents. And, uh, oh God, he was annoying. He showed up with a big ass lollipop and he had candy all over his face and candy all over his clothes. Ugh. He looked like that kid from Problem Child, like the redheaded kid. He looked just like that kid. And he was like all over the place. He couldn't sit still. Just loaded with sugar. And then as soon as he's done with the, with the candy, he just wouldn't shut the fuck up. And his parents wouldn't do anything about it. They were just like these, uh, <laughs> all right, <laughs> watching the game. And the kid was like, just wouldn't sit still all over the place. And at one point, they gave him another fucking candy to shut his mouth. And uh, they just shake, here you go, here's another one. He's all, just slurping this thing. And at one point, like, he touches my dad's pants with the candy. <laughs> and my dad's like, ah, oh, god damn it, shit. And uh, there was no one next to me. And I go, hey, why don't you scoot over a, a, a seat? And we slide over. And he's like, oh, god damn, this goddamn kid, he's a little pain in the ass. I'm like, yeah, I know. Uh, so, yeah, we had that to deal with. Isn't nothing worse when you try to enjoy a movie or a sporting event or something and there's just like an asshole that's right in front of you or behind you. This guy had his knee on my dad's back um, before he moved. And then he goes, he looked, he turns around, the guy goes, sorry, man, there ain't much. What do you say? He's like, uh, I can't move any further than I already am. And he's like, oh, God. <laughs> he was one of these guys. I knew it from the tailgating outside. I never seen such uh, intense tailgating. We we took a little walk around to look at everyone's setup. They, these people had full on bars. I'm talking full fucking like 1.75 liter bottles of booze. I'm talking like a dozen bottles of booze and mixers and ice and uh, TVs, fucking barbecues, the whole deal. It was really impressive. And I heard to do that, you got to pay like 500 bucks to park your car there. I mean, if you got like a giant ass vehicle with uh, loaded with like a dozen people, I guess it's worth it. But if you don't, that's a lot of fucking money. Uh, but it seems like it'd be pretty damn cool. And they don't give a shit. The cops are nothing. They don't care. If, like everyone's just out there pounding. They don't care. Um, so it was fun, even though, you know, a couple things kind of ruined it. That stupid shitty kid and no booze in the parking lot. Or Sorry, in the stadium. I forgot all about that. But, uh, you yeah, know, what are you going to do? Still a fun time with the old man. Uh, <laughs> there was this, uh, there was these people in front of us, um, two rows in front of us, and this guy comes. I couldn't believe this guy's argument. He goes, he goes, yeah. Uh, this guy shows up with this woman, and he goes, "You're in our seats." And the guy goes, "Oh, uh, yeah, but let me explain something to you." And I was thinking, what? Uh, what do you mean? Let me explain something to you? If you're in someone's seats, there's nothing to explain. Get the fuck out of here, right? And the guy was talking. I really couldn't hear what he was saying. And the guy goes, uh, well, you know, but you, you know, you got to move. You're in our seats. Yeah, I understand that. But those people, our seats are over there and someone's in our seats. And the security guard told me to come sit over here instead. And he goes, uh, look, man, that's on you. You have to deal with that. You're in our seats. And he goes, uh, yeah, well, just go talk to the security guard. He goes, no, you go talk to the security guard. Beat it. <laughs> <laughs> and I just wanted to stand up and applaud this guy. I'm like, fuck yeah, that's exactly what I would have said. And uh, he's like, look, he's like, if we got a problem, I'll go, I'll go call him over here to get to get you out of my seats. And so he calls the security guard from our section, and it's this black dude. 
This black dude wasn't putting up with anyone's bullshit. He's like, what's the problem here? He was like, yeah, these guys are in our seats. Uh, yeah, let me explain. Our seats are over there, and the security guard told us to sit. He goes, uh, then you go deal with her. This is my section. You got to get out of here. And I'm like, yes. I couldn't believe this guy. His logic was, yeah, someone's in my seats, so I'm going to sit here. You go deal with that person to get them out of our seats so we can get our seats back, and then you can have your seats back. That was his logic. <laughs> I don't know about some people sometimes, but man, it was just, isn't it so satisfying when you see some injustice and then you see it get fucking taken care of right there? No apologies. Sorry, man. Get the fuck out. You're in the wrong. Hit the bricks. Ah, fantastic. And now it's time for another edition of Stallone Stands Alone. Sylvester Stallone is a fine American actor. Some would even argue the greatest actor to ever grace the screen. One might wonder if Sylvester Stallone was cast in a movie as opposed to the actor that was actually in the movie. Would it have been better? Today, we find out the answer to that very question when we place Sylvester Stallone in Orlando Bloom's character of Legolas in The Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. And here it goes. Why not use this ring? Long as my father, the steward of Gondor, kept the forces of Mordor at bay. By the blood of our people, are your lands kept safe? Give Gondor the weapon of the enemy. Let us use it against him. You cannot wield it. None of us can. The one ring answers to Sauron alone. It has no other master. And what would a ranger know of this matter? Hey, you're like, this is no mere ranger, you know? He's Aragorn, son of Arathorn. And, uh, you know, like, you owe him your allegiance. You know? Well, I for one think it's abundantly clear that Stallone brought a much deeper depth and complexity to the character of Legolas. But alas, it was not meant to be. Thank you for joining us. This has been another edition of Stallone. Stands alone. <laughs> that one was dedicated to my buddy Peterson, as per your request. All right, let's start closing the show out with a little segment I like to call I fancy that. It's beautiful. beautiful. It's wonderful. wonderful. It's. I fancy that. Fancy, fancy. Fancy about it. All right. I fancy that's a segment in which uh, we take a positive twist for once. We say something nice, something happy, something that makes me downright morbid inside. I fancy that. Okay. So this week, I'm going to say, I fancy. There's a story. Oh, boy, did I like hearing this one. There's a story that, uh, you know these assholes that do the uh, Black Friday shopping and they, they actually li literally camp out in a tent in front of a store 
<laughs> well, there was a guy that who dressed as a bear and started ripping through these tents. <laughs> he had a full-on bear costume. <laughs> started tearing these tents apart. Oh, my God. I mean, there's really not much to it than that. I think he got caught and got in trouble, but God damn it, I fancy that. That is fucking hilarious. That is hilarious. So creative, for one, and two, fuck those people. Stupid morons camping out to buy things. Are you crazy? Oh, God. I mean, it made me so happy when I heard that. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Nothing uh, nothing to it. <laughs> Guy in a bear suit tearing through campers' tents. Uh, uh, let's see. Next. Oh, everyone loves a nice story. There's hardly any nice stories nowadays. It's always negative shit, doom and gloom, all that kind of stuff. But uh, check this one out. Uh, once again, I don't have many details on this either. I heard it real quick, and I just wrote it down, and this is all I got. So a man's wife uh, was in a coma. She was brain dead. They said that she had 5% brain activity, right? She's a, she's a goner. It's all over for her. The husband makes the terrible fucking tough decision of taking her off life support, pulling the plug. Now, I wouldn't wait too long. I'd like to get on with my life. If my wife was ever in a coma... I would probably give it max like by the end of the afternoon. She didn't make a full recovery by then. It's over. I got I got things to do. Uh, I can't waste any more time in the hospital. It's depressing. I got to move on with my life. <laughs> my wife and I have talked about this. If we ever wind up uh, on life support, just no, I'm not doing that. Pull the plug. But what is a what is a reasonable amount of time to wait? I don't know. I'd say the end of the afternoon. You know, if it's a morning time incident, by four o'clock, uh, I gotta, I gotta get to happy hour. Times, uh, times being wasted here. Okay, so basically, this guy's wife is on on the machines and she's brain dead, and he makes the uh, hard decision of pulling the plug, which he does. Fucking woman kicks right on. Her lungs take over. She starts to actually breathe for herself. A mere three days later, she's sitting up feeding herself and has since then made a full recovery. Isn't that fucking crazy? And isn't that wonderful? And isn't that something to fancy? <laughs> so the bear guy tearing it through tents of these asshole Black Friday campers and the miraculous story of the, you know, isn't that kind of a, maybe that's not a miraculous story. Maybe that's a bad thing that his wife made a full recovery. Maybe he was like finally done with her and it's like, oh my God, she came back from this. <laughs> but for this segment's purposes, I'm going to say it was a good thing. So those two things. I fancy that. All right. And now it's time for the darker side of life. That's right. It's time for the legendary fuck you moment. And here. We go. Fuck you! Oh, yeah! All right. The fuck you moment is when we end on a negative note. Oh, I couldn't let you end on a happy note. Who does that? <laughs> Not this broadcaster. <laughs> All right. The fuck you moment is the opposite of I fancy that. It's where I get to complain, whine, bitch, yell, scream, jump up and down, nag, piss and moan. All of the above about something that really chaps my ass. Something I'd like to say fuck you to. And this week, we have some strong contestants. 
Well, actually, it's just one. Let me scroll through here. I got anything I can add on this? Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to say fuck you to... You know what? This is the whole theme tonight. Getting old. Another aspect, though, not the physical part. The, the emotional part. Since I've had children, it's like somebody turned on the emotion setting and cranked it up to like 80%. Now everything fucking makes me want to cry, dude. It's very annoying. Any movie that has any, like, the right music and the right emotional tone, I'll be like, oh, God. And I got to hold it together. I took the family to see Wreck-It Ralph 2. I almost lost it in that fucking movie. <laughs> I don't like this. I've got so many emotions nowadays. I can't even keep them contained. Some nights I cry myself to sleep. No, that's not true. Uh, well, you don't know. I could be joking and I could not be. But one thing I'm not joking about is getting old. It sucks. Emotionally. Physically. 35 years old and it's all falling apart. Crying all the time. Well, I don't cry. I just, uh, I get emotional. I get, uh, sometimes I get watery-eyed. <laughs> Mostly during movies. And I just, I don't like it. TV shows, if there's like a really emotional thing going on, uh, gets me. It's, in, it's ever since I had kids. Anyway. All right, so fuck you to that. Fuck you. Here's the big fuck you of the week, though. Oh, boy. The Nine Inch Nails show. So I'm in the mosh pit. Everybody's shoving pushing, you're rocking back and forth, bouncing into each other, all that stuff. I felt what I thought was a guy slip his hand into my back pocket, right? And I'm like, well, I can't be sure because there's so many people touching you, so much movement, so much going on. I was like, I think I feel, I think I felt that. And it was kind of weird. But me... In my 35-year-old wisdom, <laughs> prior to getting into the, uh, the crowd down there, I slipped my wallet into my front pocket because mom didn't raise no foo, all right? So I felt someone slide their hand, what I thought was into my back pocket, not once, but two times through the evening. And I was, well, but like I said, at the same time, I wasn't quite sure because it's so crazy and so much shit going on. I was like, I'm not positive that just happened, but I think it did. So cut to the end of the show. Cut to the guy handing me the $20. Cut to me willingly taking that $20 and walking away with a smile on my face. I turn around and there's a guy going, looking around on the floor. And he goes, anyone see a wallet? I can't find my wallet. And I'm like, you know, taking a look around, around me. I didn't see nothing. And then some other guy, not a few feet away, goes, yeah, I can't find my wallet either. And I'm like, ha I know what's happening here. And I tell the guy, hey, man, I felt someone slide their hand in my pocket during the show. And the guy goes, like, he goes, no fucking way. Are you, are you serious? And uh, he's like, oh, my God, I was robbed. And the other guy knew exactly the same thing, too. Like, oh, that's fucked up. Who does that? I'll tell you who does, who does that. A piece of shit low life. Fuck you, man. What a dick move. 
Everyone's there trying to have a good time, and you're robbing people? I know this guy must have took a lot of fucking people for a ride, man. If I, in an earshot, heard two people that, that had their wallets stolen, imagine how many fucking wallets this guy took. Shit, imagine the score he got. Who knows? But that's fucked up. Fubar. Beyond all recognition. Uh, Jesus Christ, man. Just uh, let that be a lesson to you, peoples. You're not uh, experienced enough to know that already. Just going to a concert where everyone's shoving you. You think people have some class and dignity. <laughs> Isn't that some horseshit? I can't, I, I can't wrap my head around that. That's, there's people out there that would be so fucking low. Jesus. All right. Well, but I'm not surprised at the same time, which is why I put my wallet in my front pocket. So goes to show you. Uh, so, uh, yeah, to getting old, to becoming a fucking little crybaby, and to assholes that uh, take advantage of other people at a concert. All those things. Uh, fuck you! Fuck you! Oh! All right, and that's going to do it, everybody. I uh, hope that uh, my diarrhea of the mouth was somewhat entertaining for you. I know I did a long chunk there on the Nine Inch Nails show. Maybe not all details needed to be involved, but hey, that's a lot of uh, caffeine and excitement coursing through my body. So, uh, <laughs> thanks once again. I appreciate it. I'm going to end this show. I'm going to play that Queen song for you in case you've never heard of it and in case you're too lazy to go search it out yourself. And hell, let's face it, your attention span's so short, I'm sure you already forgot all about it. So I'm going to play that song for you. Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. And hopefully it sparks something inside of you as well. And uh, goddamn, what a great song. Fucking great. I'm, I'm, so, I'm very surprised it's not played more often. But uh, all right, there you go. So as always, I'm going to end every show by saying, stay dangerous, my friends. <laughs> Later. Take it away, Freddy! Tonight, I'm gonna have myself a real good time. I feel alive. And the world, I'm turning inside out. I'm floating around in ecstasy, so don't stop.
Stop me now If you wanna have a good time